The Dragon Rewrite is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that the singer-songwriter Pitbull's real name is Armando Christian Perez? <laughs> what? No, I did not know that. Ask me, what does that have to do with armadillos? Oh, shit. What does that have to do with armadillos? Well, Pitbull's actually an armadillo. His name just throws you off. <laughs> <laughs> For more armadillo facts and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash club. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread, we're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I'm Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 13 through 17 of Winter's Heart, book 9 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, Elaine is not even a little bit dead, despite the shitty assassination attempt. They have a little dream chat with Egwene that is very thoroughly spied upon, which somehow seems to bother Elaine less than the idea of spies spying on her in the real world for some reason. Uh, yeah, they just kind of, they're really lackadaisical about it. They're like, yeah, I guess there are a lot of people listening. Yeah, I guess so. You know, it just occurred to me that, at least on screen in these books, every time Elaine drinks tea, she gets poisoned. Right? Yeah, that's happened. She would probably just stop drinking tea, right? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, we then learn that Camelin is just chock full of black Aja, some of whom are apparently responsible for the crappy assassination attempt and for the placement of Elaine's new bodyguard captain. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, anyway, Rand and Min teleport into Camelin so Rand can check in on, on, oh, so Rand can check in with Nynaeve on his latest scheme. Something about washing the Dark One's taint, I think. I don't know. <laughs> Never not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Joke is evergreen. <laughs> but he's soon ambushed by a trio of ladies who are just thirsty for that sweet, sweet cinnamon sugar dragon deed. Then they talk shit out and solve their fucking problems like grown-ups, and it's fucking great. Then they all magic bond each other. Uh, Elaine goes in deep on the dragon, and I guess the rest of them all sort of magically watch, which I, I mean, well, maybe they, it's they not... They feel it, right? Magically so, experience. Yeah. Because they're I mean, all bonded, so like they kind of they kind of all bone Elaine, right? Yeah, or wait... Or, oh, no, so they all, they all bone Elaine and Brigitte. At the same time. It's like a three-on-two situation. <laughs> so it's like a gangbang, but like with magic. Right. Yeah. yeah. Huh. But somehow that's like less creepy if they're all in together, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, then Rand pieces out, but not before utterly looting the shit out of the place. So yes. He takes everything. He takes a bunch of magic artifacts. He steals like half of her staff, I think. I don't know. Yeah. He takes Nynaeve. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, she took all of his staff, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's Thanks. Good. <laughs> Chapter 13. Wonderful news. Icon of the Rising Sun. This is a Cad Swain chapter. Cat Swain is meeting with some sea folk. This is tricky because I can't tell who annoys me more right now. So I have a really, uh, I have a real dilemma trying to decide who I cheer for in this little like toe to toe thing. Yeah, I, I was on the sea folk side here, but they're kind of assholes too, right? Yeah, I don't like them. Yeah, but Cat Swain is the worst. <laughs> I hope she dies soon. Uh, seems unlikely. Yeah, but, but yeah, that'd be nice. They're, they're mad at her because she's holding a sea folk windfinder. Uh, just holding her captive. Yeah, as, as a prisoner with no, no reason, right? Like, well, I mean, she, her reason is that she thinks that she can extract information from her about Rand's whole deal. But... Right, yeah, she doesn't know why she was there meeting with uh, the Lady Ilil or whatever. But it's really not, uh, not okay to keep people prisoner for no reason. Yeah, it's totally not. Speaking of, after, after 
humiliating the sea folk, she orders them back to their rooms and has them imprisoned uh, without any food. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Just sort of out of peak, you know? Well, you can do that if you're an omnipotent magic person, right? I guess so. I keep thinking, like, isn't this... This is bad, right? The sea folk should have some way to retaliate against this. Can Katsuin just do this? What's to stop her, I guess, right? Yeah, right? It's, yeah, it's very frustrating. Uh, but Katsuin, throughout this whole thing, she's distracted because she's trying to figure out why all the White Tower Aes Sedai that tried to capture Rand have now sworn to him. Yeah, I don't think there's any magic to this. Like, like she theorizes that it's Tavaren, that it's not Tavaren because he, they, didn't, they decided before they were actually in front of him, right? Isn't it Viren? Didn't she like go one on one with all of them, one after a time, one after another, and do something weird to them with their with their, their minds? I forgot about that. Maybe yeah. So maybe she nudged them. I think she nudged them. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. So Varen's using compulsion. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if they say it explicitly, explicitly, but but it's implied that she uses some sort of mind trick that she shouldn't do. You know. Right. Yeah. Which was which seemed so out of character for her. It was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we still don't know what's up with the Viren, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. And then after shuffling off the sea folk, she meets with Sorley a bit. I like that when Sorley shows up, she's just casually give, giving Viren some sort of, like, poison. Like, she's like, oh, you're having trouble sleeping, huh? Well, just use one drop of this. Uh, or, no, sorry, three drops, one drop if it's with wine, and no more of that, because if you do, you'll die. And also, <laughs> you can't taste this in anything, so be real careful with it. <laughs> <laughs> and Viren's like, thanks for the tip. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, right? So it's not a big deal. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, ultimately, uh, yeah, it seems like Kat Swain tends to win exchanges because she gives, like, less fucks than everyone else. Right, and she has massive respect and everybody just obeys her because she's a legend. Yeah, she really seems to play that legend card, though. I mean, She gives some tantalizing hints of her past exploits. In her thoughts, right? Like she yeah. talks about how she, the time she almost found the Black Aja, but then they all, they got away from her. And uh, she talks about how she was dealing with some stuff in Saldea. I wonder why she never wanted to be Umberland's seat, because I know it was offered to her and she ran away rather than accept it. Yeah, good question. Yeah. It probably sucks being Umberland's seat in some ways. You know, you can't do what you want. I think she's like a mega moiraine type. You know, she doesn't want to be the political ruler. She wants to be out in the world being the, the tip of the knife, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. But I guess this, I, I, I didn't think about this before, but I guess this, because what you're describing was stuff that she said, what, what she did in her head, right? Yeah, yeah, she's just thinking to herself. So unlikely that she is Black Aja, even though it's, I thought she might be. Correct. So yeah, definitely seems like she's not Black Aja, but we still don't know what's really up with her. Yeah. There's a, a weird, and this is not like super important, but there's a weird thing, or not a weird thing, just a, a thing that I was confused about because we talked about pillow friends before, right? As like a concept. And I mm-hmm. thought we had learned that they were not, it was not like a romantic relationship, right? Or did I miss it? We heard otherwise. I thought we had missed, okay. I, I thought he yeah. had said something like, oh, it's not really like that. It's more just like, oh, they're just really good friends. I think it's like, uh, you could be lovers if you're pillow friends, but mm-hmm. you don't have to be lovers. Okay. Know? Well, in this case, the, the reason I brought it up is because we find out that the reason that the sea, uh, the, the wave mistress and the, um, the lady, the lady were, were together is because they're, they're yeah. pillow friends. Yeah. They were bumping pretties. Yeah. And, uh, I guess like it's, it's weird because there, there seem to be two different approaches to it. Like 
like on, on one hand they're like oh it's not that big a deal but on the other hand they're using it to blackmail them so it is a big deal i don't know if that's i don't know if it's I don't know what the feelings of the people in this world are about that. Well, they, I think she mentioned that it's because that, that lady's married. The seafolk lady is just so it's, married to some other dude. Okay, so it's more just that... And, it, that's, and that's considered like a breach of discipline, which they, they super hate. I see. It's not gay if you're underway. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. As the seafolks have said <laughs> since the Age of Legends. <laughs> <laughs> but so Katzwain, uh, basically the Viren figured that out. I think she figured it out, you know... By torturing her. By torturing her. Yeah, or using her com- compulsion. Yeah, her compulsion or whatever, this thing that we now know Viren does. But, so Catswain decides to release uh, Shalon, the, the sea folk lady, and use it against the sea folk somehow. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then they get a message from one of Catswain's helper Aes Sedai that she has around her. Right. That Dahmer Flynn has healed capital H, one of the uh, severed Aes Sedai. Yeah, yeah. this is interesting. And, and it. It doesn't seem to imply that his healing left that Aes Sedai weakened, like like we did with Nine. Right, right. Yeah. I think Jeff, you had theorized that maybe it had to do some something to do with like healing someone of the opposite like magic power or whatever. Right. Like a, yeah. A, a yeah. Because when Nynaeve healed uh, Loghain, he seemed to be full strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that seems like a very Robert Jordany thing, is that men heal women and women heal men. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's the maybe this is further evidence for that. But either way, it's interesting because uh, up until now, Nynaeve was the only one who figured that right. stuff out. And Cat Swain does not seem to care at all. In fact, she's just like, ah, that'll freak some people out. Meanwhile, I don't know if she's so fixated just on herself or if she's not entirely surprised. I think that's it. I think she knew this was possible. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wonder I don't why know she how. would know that. I yeah. mean, she's been yeah. around for such a long time. Like, it's she's true. She's seen a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Read a lot, I imagine. Do I, I don't remember. Have we seen the Forsaken react to that? Do the Forsaken know that stilling is healable? Because I know that there are a handful of things that they're like, this is these are new discoveries that weren't even from the Age of Legends. Re- I can't remember exactly, but I think that they were surprised. Okay. They didn't think that could happen. Yeah. So I want, I'm just curious if it's, yeah, lost knowledge or new knowledge. Mm-hmm. But then uh, they get another message. Uh, Alana has collapsed uh, and is in a coma. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? Out of exhaustion. <laughs> I, was wondering, I was wondering about that. It's like, huh, couldn't handle still all that fucking, huh? bonded with Rand. She's, she's so flushed. <laughs> uh, but then this freaks them all out, like a lot more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And they, so they head immediately to go see Alana. And on the way, uh, they meet Dobrain, who has freed Caroline and Darlin. Yeah, I, I, I was impressed that Dobrain stood, just like stood against Catswain so casually. Like I, I think this was Rand's orders in the letter. I think you're right. I think yeah. it's absolutely the result of that. But he just he didn't seem to care that Catswain was upset about you're right, it. Right. Yeah. Which I mean, he might be the only one in the area, right? Right. He's probably a Forsaken. Oh uh, yeah, probably. Which one do you think he is? Samuel. Oh uh, yeah, makes sense. Because he's, he's short. so short. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I, so Rand a- asked him to set these political prisoners free, and I guess he let's see. So one of them is going to be the, his his rep in Tear, yeah, and the other one's just loose free. Well, she's going to get married to Darlin, so I I figure Rand is is treating her as part of Darlin's party. Yeah, fair enough. And yeah, Alana being asleep freaks everybody out, including Viren and Sorely. I don't understand. I understand that Alana was important to them because she's like a link to Rand, but I don't understand why her being unconscious. Because she, she couldn't do that much with it right now anyway. Just yeah, just know where he was. Vaguely, not even like very precisely where he was, right? But maybe they're thinking he used the bond to do this to her somehow, uh, and that freaks him out? Maybe, yeah. 
It's not, it, they don't really say. It. Yeah. It, it, it felt like they were they were reacting to losing a pawn or something like that, a very important pawn, but still, right. it didn't feel like a big deal the way that they were treating it. But I don't know. Yeah. So then uh, we see some Forsaken doing one of their sneering, plotting, scheming meetings. I love these little things because you get all these little hints about what's going on, right? Like, yeah. I like imagine if they're casting these people for the the TV show or something. Yeah. It would suck to be the person cast for Demandred. All he does is go to meetings and fume. You know. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. He's. That's all he ever does. Yeah, I know. He, he's, he's not. He's not. He's never going to be the the big guy, right? He's never going to be the big cheese. Like I think Grendel literally has never done anything except go to these planning meetings. That can't be right. I thought Grendel was. What has she done? Even like Demandred. No, I was thinking of Robin. Demandred hasn't done anything. I was thinking Robin actually got to have a male firefight. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well. So Masana is in the White Tower doing her thing. Sure, yeah, yeah. And Simiraj... And we see her giving evil orders to evil people. Right, right, right. And Simiraj is doing something in Shogol, right? Yeah. Having tortured fun times. Yeah, yeah. But that's his, that's his little trio, right? So yeah. he's, he's like the odd man out of his little trio, too. Right, yeah. Well, Samael was one of them, too, but now he's surely dead. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you saw what happened. There was smoke there, and then he was gone, or whatever. <laughs> so... It's from Demandred's perspective, and it seems like, from what they're saying, that Asengar is behind the Rand attack. Yeah, it's, it's, it's heavily implied that he's directly responsible for this thing, which makes me think that he must be one of the Ashaman. Or Majum Tame. He's either Majum Tame or he's one of the Ashaman, right? I think he's Dashiva. Yeah. Because oh. he's supposed to be kind of... Demandred's supposed to be kind of loopy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's Dashiva, too. Wait, Demandred's supposed to be... Isn't it Demandred? Oh, who's I, the one I mean, who's uh, crazy? Ossengar. Ossengar is the one that's crazy. Okay, that's who I thought it was. And, um, and, and Demandred's thinking like he was crazy even before he got yeah. killed and resurrected. So, uh, and Ossengar was the, the mad scientist forsaken, right? He yeah. invented like Trollocs and... Which is Agonor, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, Dashiva. But the other, I guess that means the others are just fine. Maybe he just like talked them into it or they think they're Black Aja dudes. Uh, who knows? He could have compulsioned them, right? How would they know? Oh, that's a good point. But I think they're Black Aja dudes, or the equivalent of Black Aja. Okay, interesting. So, Demandred misses Samirhaj and Masana, who are not there. Wait, wait. It's really sad. Sorry. And Rand picked Dashiva. Like, Dashiva was the guy he turned around and pointed at him and was like, yes. I want that guy, right? Yes. That guy who's there <laughs> talking to himself in the corner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's like, who am I going to pick? Uh, you. And it's like, he picks the Forsaken. <laughs> I mean, Talran is not always a good thing. Yeah, I guess not. So I think Demandred is Mazram Tame. And remember, because when, when Rand picked Dashiva, Tame was like, him? You don't want him. Oh. So I think, I think Tame, Tame knows. Yeah. Okay. Well, if, if Demandred is Majin Tame, then I guess Demandred is getting some action, right? I guess he is. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how they're going to do that in the show. Yeah. It's, I mean, do they, they can change their faces, right? I, I guess so, yeah. Do they bother? I wonder, is Asengar... Sorry, Asengar... Or the, the Dashiva guy. Is he changing his face, or does Rand just not know what he looks like because he's got a new body? That's what now? I was thinking. Rand just doesn't know what these people look like. Okay. Yeah. Although, Mazram Tame, people do know what he looks like, so he has to be changing his I face. Know that, that's Demandred. Yeah, I know that you can do that. I mean, Rand's been doing it with his little face of mirrors or whatever, right? Yeah. So, anyway, they, these people can't find Rand. They don't know where he is. Rand's dumb plan is working. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, it's not a very good plan. But I guess for a second, really aren't that good at doing that. Like... How would they find him? They're like, I don't know. Hardy's over here, I guess. Yeah. I thought they were supposed to be smart. 
I thought they were supposed to be some of the smartest people from their age. Yeah, right? right? Like super wizards of, of great power and intellect. Although... In the, like, age, you know, renaissance or whatever. I mean, who are the ones that are smart? Like, Grendel and Mogedian are supposed to be smart. Uh, Belal was supposed to be, like, the net weaver or the... Mogedian's not even supposed to be smart because she isn't really. She's just supposed to be, well, like, she's like spider. Right? She's conniving, yeah. She, yeah. I think she's more just, like... Duplicitous. Yeah, I mean, the smart, I think the smartest one was supposed to be the, the guy who's the, the inventor, right? Like Ostengar or whatever. But he's also crazy. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Ishmael was supposed to be pretty, like a pretty big yeah. deal. Well, Rand's plan to cleanse Sidon has them really shaken. That's freaked out, freaked them out a lot. Using they, the Codian call. How do you how do you say that? Chodian? I, I'm saying Chodan call. Chodan call. Chodan call. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Uh, there's <laughs> yeah. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I don't get <laughs> nothing. So, how do the Forsaken know Rand's plan? Because not that many people know about it, right? Yeah, right. Well, okay. What Who can knows we about deduce? this? The fact that Alana doesn't know. Alana knew where Rand was, so they they were able, the Aes Sedai and Kyrian were able to trace Rand until recently. Okay. So none none of them are feeding information to any of these people, right? Probably not. Um. But he told people, right? Didn't he? Did he tell? Uh, did he? I mean, like, I know he told Nynaeve and, and Lan, and I know he told Min, but I feel like that was yeah, the you're first. Right. That's it. Unless maybe maybe he told some of the Ashaman. He told some of the Ashaman. That's that's right. probably what it is. Yeah, yeah. He, I know he told. Um, he probably told the Shiva. Flynn and yeah, I'm sure. He hey, told the Shiva. Shiva. <laughs> yeah. Don't you worry, the Shiva. I'm going to use the Chodan Calder. Yeah. yeah. The, it seems like the reason they're freaked out is because at least the male ones. They, they could, like, betray the Dark One if they didn't need the Dark One's protection. It seems like a dumb reason. I mean, like, the, 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 the females can already do that, right? Well, Asmodian did, right? Yeah, that's true. He did. Yeah. He already did. Yeah. Didn't matter. <laughs> right. He still got killed by that wine steward in that closet. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> uh, so, Moradin called this meeting. Moradin's the nameless. He's the, he's the boss. Right. Uh, he's totally crazy. Freaks them all out even more. He's got one of his little helpers, Sindane, there, who may or may not be Lanfear. Why? I don't think she is. Why do you think Lanfear? Well, because she, she says a bunch of stuff. She like, calls them the Chodan call. She calls Rand Luce Theron. Mm-hmm. Who does that, right? Lanfear. Yeah, I guess so. And she's arrogant, and she acts a lot like Lanfear. In fact, the only mark against it is that she doesn't seem to be as strong as Lanfear was. Yeah, someone says that, right? She's, like, she's not quite as strong as Lanfear. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. How does she smell? That's true. Does That's she smell? Right. Demandra doesn't smell. Spicy. Yeah, spicy. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, she's got a new body now, right? Because um, she got turned into, into portal. You think she naturally smells felt spicy, right? That was a that was an affectation, right? I just assumed it was sort of, that was like her bo smell. <laughs> spicy bo. In the Age of Legends, people smelled really good. The bo <laughs> smelled great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's like. Find him, kill him, whatever. That's, that's well, he, he's, but they're like, we can't find him. He's like, well, let's just wait for him to use those giant world-destroying super Terrangrial. And then everybody attack him while he's at his most powerful. Well, <laughs> well it's really more like everybody else attacks him. Right, then all you guys go All you guys him. go get him. I mean, yeah. is there a better plan? I mean, I mean certainly him. don't wait until he's got the... The Choden Call? The Choden Yeah, call. right, and when he's linked with like another powerful female channeler with the other Choden Call. Mm. And he's like taking bites out of the earth like Galactus or something. Yeah. And yeah, the, the Chodan called themselves freak everybody out. Yeah, because they, 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 those things are... I don't think anyone's ever actually used them, right? They, they mentioned that they were one of the biggest like threats and deterrents in the War of yeah. Power. But I don't know if they were ever actually used. So, chapter 14. What a veil hides. 
icon of the Shanchan. So this person named Tuan is getting dressed by her slaves. Yeah, and she's pondering about uh, pondering how she wishes she had boobs like her servant. <laughs> cool. <laughs> True. Yes, she does think. That. I just thought that was a weird thing. I was like, really? This is this is what's going through your mind, huh? She appears to be some sort of epically high and prestigious Shanchan uh, royalty. She's on a boat, the boat of the Koren, that is coming into Ibudar. Uh, she reminisces a bit about her Shanchan upbringing. Which seems to be pretty brutal and backstabbing. Yeah. And involved lots and lots of slavery. And yeah, several of her of siblings being killed, some by her, I think, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. But we do, yeah, we learn quite a bit about Shanchen customs and cultures, which is kind of interesting, but I guess I, I have a little bit of trouble caring about a bunch of, like, fascist slavers, so I'm like... <laughs> right, yeah. Like, yeah, right. me too. Uh, she visits some of her uh, slaves, uh, which some of them are Domine, and she thinks to herself that she, like, took the Suldam test and she trained some of these dominate herself. Uh-huh. Does that, does that mean she actually put the bracelet on? I think that have, is the... Right? Yeah, she said she couldn't become a Suldam because she's of the blood. Right. But, she, yeah, I think that means that, yes, she, she has the ability to do it. So she's a channeler. She's a channeler, yeah. Uh-huh. That, that, that was my, my read on it. Yes. I see. Uh, she has all sorts of guards, and she has, like, like, three different flavors of super Death Watch guards that are sworn to, like, some, kill her. Some of whom are uh, Ojir. Yeah. Yeah, that was so weird. I was like, what? How does that even Seeds work? Seeds are bananas across the river. Yeah, the Shan Chan Oji have no chill. Yeah. yeah. I guess not. Yeah, I, the, the whole scene where she's like in, meeting her Damani and petting him, I found that like super creepy because they're all like nuzzling her and stuff. It, yeah. It, like she treats yeah. them like animals. And... Yeah, so. Right, yes, it is creepy. I don't like this. Um, Ronde Makura is there. Who, if you guys that? remember, that's the herb lady that, that knew about fork root and poisoned Elena Nynaeve that time. Oh, I forgot about that. I did forget that name. And she hates the Aes Sedai now, probably because that, that whole play went bad on her. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Uh, she has a conversation with uh, Soafea, her Soafea, a speaker of truth, who is, I guess, this special servant they keep around who's just to, like... Talk shit about to, you. To talk shit about you. <laughs> Well, you know, to, to, to tell the truth to you, because I imagine these people don't hear a lot of truth. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's a cool idea, you know, just having somebody who, like, gets a pass on calling you an asshole. And, like, yeah, it's yeah. like a court jester, but not fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's some fun if that's what you're into, you know? I mean, we don't know what their sense of humor is like. We have yet to see any examples of it, so maybe this is hilarious to them. <laughs> right. <Good> point. <laughs> Sean Chan laugh riot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And this speaker of truth apparently was assigned to her after her old one died under mysterious circumstances and her yeah. old one's apprentice didn't get assigned like everybody thought. Yeah. Which seems super shady, but Tuan, who is, you know, this Game of Houses player, doesn't seem to think that this is shady. Yeah, it's it, it, like Shanchen culture is such that it's really, like, it's difficult to figure out what the rules are, but they like their, their hierarchy and, and rules, their structure is so rigid that it might just be that Shan Chen don't do that. You know what I mean? For whatever reason, like yeah. that's, the, that's the answer. Right. But yeah, it's weird. She's coming here because the Shan Chen prophecies say that the dragon must kneel to the crystal throne. And that's where the Empress sits, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Which I don't buy. I think no. probably the Shan Chen would totally rewrite prophecies. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember that part of the prophecy. And, you know, Rain's right also. You know? Yeah. Well, they, they may have their own prophecies, right? Some That's more recent true. prophecies. That's true. 
Um, and she thinks in passing that at the end of this that she's the daughter of the Nine Moons. Oh, uh-huh. shit. oh yeah. shit! She's the daughter of the Nine Moons, and she's arriving in Ebudar. Yep. Where where Flat Matt is presumably, I guess, blowing around like a leaf on the wind. <laughs> sure. Plastic bag. Somebody may have rolled him up and stuck him in a cubby at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I really hope that. Marriage is some Shanshan custom by which Matt kills this person because she's a horrible slaver that I hate. Yeah, I, I, I said this maybe a book or two ago, but I'm, I'm very concerned that, that Robert Jordan is attempting to pivot the Shanshan into being like a sympathetic race somehow. Uh, yes, I, I don't know. Because like Tuan's whole thing is like, yeah, they're my slaves, but I really care about them. Yeah, you know, they love me too, you know, because they're, they're my slaves and I'm really nice. I'm not mean to all my slaves. It's like, yeah, like, <laughs> here's my favorite slave. I've only beat her twice. Yeah. Yeah, and I felt really bad about it when I had to beat her. And yeah. also, didn't she like put on a veil because she felt bad about mistreating a slave or something random? No. Yeah, well, yeah, she felt bad for losing her temper, but she put on the veil not as like a direct. She felt bad. Yeah, the veil was like some kind of penance. But also the veil apparently means everybody pretends she's not royalty. Right. Or not, not exactly not royalty, that she's not like... Well, they call her a high lady and not her other rank, which is daughter of the nine moons. Right, her. right. So, yeah, it, it's a weird... It's again, But it's she, not a real veil. It's just like like symbolically hiding her face. Yeah. Exactly. And you guys caught her last name. Oh, what was it? Pandrag. Oh, oh, right, yeah. She's a descendant of Arthur Hawkwing himself. Yeah. That's yes. right, yeah. Which, I mean, in, theoretically, all of the blood are, but the, the, all the blood aren't, right? Yeah. Like, it's the kind of thing where, oh, well, yeah. If Matt does marry her, that's like an additional layer of irony because he thinks about how much he hates Arthur Hawkwing having, like, fought against him so many times. Oh, that's right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. So, chapter 15. In need of a bell founder, icon of the dice. Matt is not flat. Yeah, it turns out rumors of Matt's flatness were greatly exaggerated. By us. <laughs> yeah, by us. <laughs> Look, the text implied heavily that he was flat, I'm just saying. I didn't see any other way to read that. <laughs> uh, so what I imagine happened was it was like the Buster Keaton thing, where there was one little window in the yeah. wall and it fell directly on top of him. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And I guess hurt his leg a little bit or something. Right, yeah, yeah broke some ribs. Yeah. And to make matters worse, by the way, he's reconnected with his old Illuminator buddy, Eludra. I know, yes. that poor fucking woman. <laughs> he's like literally trying to work, yeah. right? trying to do her job and make fireworks. And he's thinking like, man, I've been here all day and I still don't think she's going to give it up. <laughs> uh, he's trying to talk her into giving him more explosives, which we can all agree, people need to stop giving Matt explosives. Look, he only got them like that one time and he pulled them apart. And, uh, no, no. Just that one time. He, pull, he pulled them apart, and then he blew a hole in the stomach here. Yeah, but that was a good thing. Mm, I mean, it worked, it out, worked okay. out well. It worked <laughs> out well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I wouldn't say that was like a planned, like, oh, I'm going to do this great thing. It was more just like, what, what happens if I, I put him there? I love this. What, like, what is Matt doing? Like, what has he been doing all this time? Oh, he's trying to learn how to make explosives, and he's trying to make time with this lady. Yeah. <laughs> and he found a lady where he could do the same, the, both those goals at the same time. Mm-hmm. I know, it's great. But he's like it's interesting. So he has, he has a goal in in these explosives. He's actually trying right. to invent artillery, I guess, right? He is. Yeah, he's 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 deci- he's realized that you can use this these fireworks, this gunpowder on the battlefield. Yeah, he's like just turn the little things on the side and see what happens. And she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and she, I guess, she implies that she's had the same thought. I right? think she has. Yeah, because she asks them like, okay, well, I'll give you all my secrets if you tell me what need have I of a bell founder? Yeah. Which to I make think, a cannon, right? To make a cannon, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty obvious to us, I think. Yeah, I don't know why Matt doesn't get that. I mean, maybe because he's never seen a cannon before. Yeah, he's never even heard of it. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> cannons don't exist yet. <laughs> right. 
Or that it haven't existed for a long time. You right, know, right. Time's a wheel. You're right. <laughs> Did you know that? It, is it a wheel or is it a flat understand. circle? I don't understand. So Matt also gives her bad news that all the other Illuminators have been enslaved and destroyed. Yeah. Which is pretty sad. It is really sad. I, and, and, you know, Aludra was, was exiled, but I'm sure she still cares about, you know, her culture being wiped out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's the last Illuminator. And I hope Matt figures this out because he could use some cannons. Yeah. All right. Cannons would be really useful. Yeah. But, you know, Aludra is not totally uninterested in Matt's romantic events. No, she has a pretty bottom. He does, apparently. Yeah, she seems about it, but she's like, oh, but you're already taken. Right. Uh, I know. Uh-huh. Taken like Let's a return prisoner. to that. Like taken with capital T with like Liam Neeson, right? Like yeah. Sex traffic. Yeah, so this apparently he's been nursed back to health and kept in uh, sexual slavery? Kind yeah. of kind? Yeah, I mean, she doesn't let him of get enough money to leave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If he tries to leave, she gets mad. Uh, if right. he doesn't come back, she gets mad. And she, and she, she, she dresses his, him all slutty. Right, yeah, yeah, got she, rid of his clothes. She stole his clothes. And, yeah. And all the, the entire time he was healing, she wouldn't let him leave. So she basically had him like as a prisoner. Right, yeah. yeah. And he's thinking constantly of how to escape, but he can't really ride a horse. And even if he could, the Shanshan have confiscated most of the horses. Yeah. It's still and, pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it's supposed to be funny. I, it, it seems so. Uh, still. Yeah. Right. And so he's spending his free time uh, hanging out with Bezlan, uh, Olver, and Tom, who are all alive. Yeah, Olver! Hey! Yeah! That's, that, they, all, they all survived. That's great. Yeah, we mm-hmm. haven't seen Tom in a couple books. Yeah, right? Yeah, he hasn't been around. Yeah, and so he's just sort of doing his Tom thing, you know, doing Game of Thrones stuff. Yeah. Sorry, House of Thrones. Sorry, Game of House of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and they're, they're all at Luca's circus and Luca is the the circus that Nani was traveling with yes. way back long ago, right? <laughs> Apparently he's done really well for himself. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's absorbed a bunch of other circuses and now he's like the biggest circus in town. Yeah. And there's some honestly kind of funny stuff about how Matt and Luca hate each other because they're both womanizers. Is that what it was? Like, I was like, is it is this just like because the ladies like them both and they're like I think that's it. Like Matt's like that peacock is just smiling at all the chicks. Oh hey, there's a chick I can smile at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Olver, but they've got like a plan to, to sneak out in Val and Luca's circus. Yeah, yeah, the, and, and he's just like asking for an exorbitant amount of money, which I mean, Matt probably can get that. Yeah, through cheating at gambling. Mm-hmm. But uh, but we, you know, we talked about Olver, and he's getting like a really well-rounded education. That like he's <laughs> learning. No, I mean like legit. Yeah. Like he's getting trained in like uh, like fighting. He's getting trained in like archery, yeah. like all these different and like reading and books and stuff in the palace. Yeah, like he's he's doing pretty and well for womanizing. Himself. By Matt, I, I, yeah. which is not, he's probably not, Matt is not the best womanizer, but yeah. it's a good person to learn from because, you know. Learn from you his You see what not to do, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I, I was, I was going to say because he, res- he takes no for an answer, right? And he's more, yeah, yeah, he's more true. silly, right? He's always good hearted about it. He doesn't get angry. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like it's working out pretty well for Oliver because the, the, the ladies cannot get enough of him. They think yeah. he's adorable. Mm-hmm. Despite that. <laughs> the fact that he's every, ugly. Every Robert Jordan really hammers home how hideous this right? child he's like, is. Every time anybody looks at Oliver, it's like, whoa, oh my God. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, his eyes and his ears are too far apart. What a monster. <laughs> I, I totally buy this idea, though, that he's supposed to be Guidal Kane, though. You think so? Yeah. I think so. He's ugly and it says he's still short for his years and Guy Dalkane was supposed to be short and stocky. Yeah. And I guess he's getting, didn't, I know he's getting trained in musical instruments from, by Tom. Is he, he's also getting like warrior training stuff, right? I think. From, well, that the doesn't go into what, what the soldiers are teaching him, but I assume it's all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. What, what was Guy Dalkane's deal? Like I know he was Birgit's 
partner. He was short and he, dark and he ugly. He had two swords. Two swords. And he was that like was a warrior. It. That's it. Okay. Yeah, but we don't know that much about him actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So and that's like, hey guys, I really want to escape from sex slavery. And they're like, ha 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 ha. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> Nobody takes him seriously. I feel uh, like, yeah. like no. Everyone thinks it's a joke, except for Matt. They're like Matt doesn't think it's a joke. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's got no one he can turn to. Yep. It's really sad. It really sucks. And no one, and even now, just the people he meets on the street don't take him seriously because she makes him wear like sexy clothes. Yeah. So, as they head out, the dice start rolling in Matt's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think at this point we can probably assume that it has stuff something to do with the daughter of nine moons, right? Like, right. It seems really obvious that she's showing up, and then the dice start rolling, and we know that uh, the Matt's supposed to marry her. Yes, but you know these prophecies, right? Who knows what Mary actually means? That's true. Chapter sixteen: An unexpected encounter, icon of the Wheel of Time. So Matt and his crew they walk back to Ibudar, mm-hmm. and uh, Ibudar seems to be doing really well under Shanshan occupation. Yeah, like trade is a booming. I guess the only downside is this lottery that they keep mentioning, which. Is this just the Shanshan... They're just taking horses. Equipping an army, right? Like, that's the yeah, idea. Yeah, they just need horses. Because yeah. they, they came over on ships. They don't have a lot of horses. That kind of, that's kind of what I figured. So, yeah. they're just commander... It's weird. It's like one in five uh, horses from a local and one in ten horses from outsiders? Yes. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So, that's, that's, I don't know, fairly reasonable, actually. They're and not they're taking all the horses. they for them, too. Yeah, they pay for them, but, you know, I'm sure they'd rather have the horse. Because you yeah. can't get a horse. True. Because the Shanshan are creating an artificial shortage of horses. Yeah, and the, the Shanshan apparently distribute justice pretty evenly, you know? Yeah. It seems to be a little bit different if you're of the blood or whatever, but apart from that, you know, they'll hang their own people for murder or whatever. I think they, I think Matt even said that even, even if you're of the blood, theoretically you are punished, they just ship you out to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I wonder if this is supposed to be an imitation of an actual culture, or if he was trying to make it seem as alien, like pretty alien you know like, i don't know not based on anything because they are so off yeah i don't I'm really get it mm. yeah yeah but so when they get to ebudar the Korin has officially arrived and uh, the first wave of shanshan was all military but this wave is like civilians it's like a whole civilization on the move yeah this is really interesting they just packed up the shanshan like literally packed up everything it was yeah like, like men women and children shopkeepers animals like livestock lots of livestock yeah like weird goats and Cheap and stuff. Yeah, and uh, strangely colored chickens. Yeah, yeah, that's the weirdest thing of all. <laughs> it, was a, it was a sheep with four horns. Over, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and uh, Matt immediately twigs that like they're moving all these people here. They're going to take roots. This is this is not something you can just fight off with an army. Yeah, he, I think he says something like, you know, th- this is this is more a worse invasion than if they had brought soldiers. Yeah, yeah. But Bezlan wants to resist them. I mean, I, I get it, bro, but like. I don't know, this feels like really bad timing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not exactly sure why. I think Beslin in particular and his mother aren't much worse off than they were before. No, it's a pride thing. I would say it's it's pretty clearly a pride thing. He, like, the thing he says, like, in his words, were essentially that she had to bow to these people, you know, mm-hmm. like, be on her face in front of the high, high lady to, oh no, Suroth. Yeah. So, Matt leaves the rest and decides to go find a dice game. Like he does. Mm-hmm. Like he does. But you can't find a dice game. Yeah, bad luck. I know. No dice games because everywhere is super full up. Yeah, no river dice. Uh, so he's heading back to the palace when Golem attack. So okay, I was I was having trouble like 
understanding what happened here. Was it actually after him, or is this just like a weird Tavarian thing where he slipped and then like the golem was just there? I think it was actually after him. Okay, it was trying and to he, jump down at him? Yeah, it was trying to, yeah. And, and so he slipped and that's why it missed. Okay, I see. That makes sense. That was lucky. Yeah, very lucky. Yeah. Uh, and Matt immediately, you know, he's not the stupidest guy in the world. He immediately goes into medallion fight yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Although, I really think he should have like had the medallion put on a pair of like knuckles or something or like on a stick. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just poke him with it. Yeah, poke right, right? <laughs> yeah, get my poking stick. <laughs> yeah. But it's still on his, his medallion. And so he, he has a, a stand, a stalemate, basically, with the golem until this other guy runs up to, uh, to help him. And the golem apparently is under orders not to let anybody else see him. And so he runs away and, like, escapes through a, a tiny hole in the He's wall. Like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really creepy. Yeah, and hilarious. I imagine it's both creepy and hilarious. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, uh, why do you think the golem has been ordered not to reveal himself if he is unkillable? It, sorry. Uh, good question. Maybe only the Forsaken know how to send them? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's well, true. Maybe, nobody knows how to create them, I think. Maybe the Forsaken that sent this Golom doesn't want any other Forsaken to know that that this was a magic attack. Oh, maybe, yeah. Or that they have a Golom. Or maybe all the Forsaken know who has the Golom, so if they ID it, then that Forsaken will be outed. Yeah, I guess the Forsaken never actually say, like, hey, we don't want people to actually know we're back, do they? They never say that. Right, yeah, they don't. They just kind of secretly do their thing, and nobody believes it, because no right. Forsaken could actually be back. Okay. But I, I think Samael is the one that sent the Golom. I think you're right, and he's dead. Super yeah, he's dead. totally 100% dead. Yeah. He's as dead as Matt was flat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but either way, I guess the Golom hasn't gotten orders in a while, other than... get. Well, Matt says something like, and I, don't, I, don't, I guess we heard this in the last book, uh, he wants... Her almost, you almost as much as he, no, he wants you dead almost as much as he wants her. Yeah, the golem says that. Her. Uh, I don't remember why. Why does he want Matt dead specifically? Uh, because Matt is one of the three fancy people. Oh, okay. So, so just any of Aaron. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I think the golem is like kind of an off the books operation for one of the Forsaken. Okay. Like they're just trying to, you know, kill Matt just to, I don't know, Forsaken stuff. For fun. But the dark one doesn't necessarily want that to happen. I see. But the, the guy that helped Matt was that beggar guy that we keep seeing in Ebudar. Okay, I was trying to figure out if this is somebody we knew. Yes, we know this guy. He, he's popped up several times. Okay. Like, we even got a POV uh, section from him once. He was the one who pointed out the, the guy in the, in the palace, right? The, what, yes. Yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. was sitting on a barrel, and he was like, ah, that's, the, that's where the dark friends live. Oh, yeah. And also, there was, a, there was a bit where, like, somebody tried to mug him, and he, he stabbed them, and he's, like, thinking, well, my memories have been screwed up, but I still know how to use a knife to kill people. So, other than that, we have no idea who this guy is. Yeah. Okay. I, I was... The way that he was... Descri- the way that Matt mentions that he looks vaguely familiar, I was trying to figure out if this is, like, Robert Jordan dropping a hint. But I think you're right. I think maybe we're supposed to be able to figure out who this guy is. Oh, I, I certainly don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, an old guy that has had his hands broken, and... Had his memories messed with? Yeah. No, all Charin. He gives us a name. Yeah. I mean, if we didn't see Tom in this chapter, I would think it was Tom. Like. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he's a dark friend. He's not the same guy as that like beggar leader no. of the beggar dark friends. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Matt says, "Hey, good spotting guy," and uh, offers him to give him a place to sleep in the palace. I mean, yeah. If you if you got the all those palace beds, why not, right? Yeah. yeah. 
I wonder if I wonder if there's like an upper limit to how many beggars you can bring home before they're like, dude, you can't bring any more people in the palace. No more beggars. Well, uh, as Matt sadly remarks, like eight of his guys he brought with him originally have died, so he's got at least seven more slots after this dude. That's a good point. Yeah. Chapter seventeen: Pink ribbons. Icon of the dice. Uh, Matt brings Noel back to the palace. Uh, the palace now belongs to High Lady Suroth yeah. and her Shanshan, but Tylan still lives there. Yeah, yeah, sort of. It sounds like it sounds like Suroth is. It's it's interesting because like I know that the 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 Shanshan when they roll in usually depose rulers and so on, but no, not if they not if they swear. Okay, so it was just the Tylan swore and bowed yes. to them. Yeah, that's it. So okay, I was wondering if because we know that Suroth is a dark friend, like yes. she's she's a known yeah. dark friend. So I was wondering if like. Maybe Tylen was also a dark friend? Maybe they're like... No, I think Tylen is just smarter than Amathira was. Okay, cool. So, just, uh, she bowed, and now they're... I guess they're like, yeah, you're cool now. That's it. Yeah. Uh, it was, I guess Suroth may move on. She's like the Empress, and so she's living in the palace with her troops while she's here. Yeah. But Tylen is still in charge. Right. And they actually treat Tylen with, you know, some respect. Yeah, it sounds like Suroth treats her like an equal, or, or you know, not exactly an equal, but well, sort of yeah, like a... a Respected subordinate. Yeah, another noble for sure. Right. And then, and Noel like says some stuff, some like weird kind of like aside things, and that's like, dude, not in front of the, not for the Shanshan men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Noel's pretty much just asking questions, you know. Yeah. But they head in. Uh, there's a bit where they see some Sea Folk Windfinders as Domine, which is very very sad. Yes. And Teslin's there, which is slightly less sad. I mean, she's <laughs> kind of a dick. Yeah, she's an asshole, but no one deserves that. Yeah. That's true. And uh, when they get back to Matt and all of his soldiers, uh, Noel makes friends with all of them by telling the story of Matt versus the Golom. <laughs> he's great, and he's a really great storyteller. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, if we didn't know who Tom was, I would think this was Tom, and he's been through some crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. There, there's so much like color and flavor attached to Noel that it seems like he's got to be somebody or something, but I can't figure out what he's supposed to. Yeah, be. I have no idea. Like, what what old guys are there that are missing? Who like carry long knives and you know I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get it. Uh, I do want to point out that, of course, Vannon is still there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he introduces him by saying he looks like a bag of sweat or something like <laughs> that. It's like a sweaty sack or something like that. I was like, dude, come on, yeah, man. That's like, like, that guy looks like nothing. Like, total shitbag. Yeah. Like, totally, completely worthless. Like, you would look at that guy and you wouldn't think there's anything valuable about him at all. But despite that, he's a really good horse. <laughs> he's like, he's reading a book. I didn't even think he could read <laughs> <laughs> he says that I was like, dude, yeah, come on, man. This guy's this guy's done a lot for you. Yeah, this guy is like one of your best dudes. Wow. But yeah, so and, uh, so and, yeah, uh, the Noel fits in real well. Yeah, and Matt offers house. to pay all of them if they want to leave, because you know the golem is there and the golem's a killing machine. But none of them do. I mean, probably should though, because you know, yeah, I, none of them can do anything against the golem, right? They're right, exactly. Yeah. One person has the ability to kill the Golan, and it's Matt's medallion, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Matt then heads to Tylen, and he's in a really bad mood because everybody keeps telling him he'll be in trouble when Tylen sees how muddy he is, you know, from the Golan fight. Right, and, and I guess the dice are kind of like pissing him off too because they just keep rolling, right? Right, yeah. The dice, it's funny how the dice make him take more chances. Uh, yeah, it's true. Because he, he gets Out of pissed irritation, off. irritation, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 to that point, in classic map fashion, he barrels exactly into the danger that he's been trying to avoid, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, barges in, he's like, fuck you all! Oh, shit. <laughs> right. Yeah, he barges into Tylen's room, and not only is Tylen there, but Suroth is there, and Tuon is there. Uh-huh. Um, 
and it's happening. Yes, <laughs> and the dice immediately stop. Mm. And, and Matt's uh, like, oh, I don't his, know, that's weird. His appearance immediately causes drama for Tuan and Surov. That is true. This Tuan's like, I thought you said it was safe, but even this like pretty boy over here is, get, gets in fights. Yeah, guess the streets aren't that safe. Yeah. And he's like, I fell down. And they're like, dude, look at you. Yeah, <laughs> like, also, shut up. <laughs> and and Tuan then, uh, she's impressed by Matt's... Uh, what? I mean, what, uncouthness, <laughs> I guess? I don't know, she tries to buy him. <laughs> you know, uh, I was like, you know, you probably don't want to, like... You probably you're gonna have some buyer's remorse if you try and buy this dude. They bring yeah. up his ring again too. Remember the ring that he just yeah. shoved money at somebody and happened yeah. to get the yeah. random ring. Yeah, you mm-hmm. just like look at it and he was like, All right, yeah. a running fox and two ravens in flight, surrounded by crescent moons. Yeah, everyone seems interested in this thing. Mm. Did they say how many moons are on there? Are there nine moons on there? There Matt? must be nine moons. On <laughs> there. Seems likely. Yeah. He, look, he hasn't had time to count it. Okay. <laughs> True. He's been real busy. Um, yeah. So Matt makes a big splash. And then Tuan is super nice to Thailand. He says, like, you're like our sister. I'm going to make sure you get lands. You're going to be totally taken care of. It says that she's going to make her of the blood. Like yeah. She's write yeah, her which I think is a really big deal. Yeah. And uh, so I don't, I don't understand exactly what happened here, but uh, that's her. That's the daughter of the Nine Moons. Yep. Yeah. I, okay, so I'm trying to understand. Matt calls her a little girl or says she's a little girl. Is that... Because she is a little girl, or is she like very young, or is it just that she's? I think she's like sixteen. Oh, okay, interesting. And I think they imply, don't they say too that she's got kind of a like a boyish boyish figure. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. In Matt's way, he's like, and then her servant, boy, look at the gazongas on her. (laughs) Oh, but she just looks like like, tongue rolls out on the floor. (laughs) Right. Like okay, okay. Yeah, but she just looks like a little girl. Yeah, I, I, I was. That's that's. I guess what I was getting at is it just that he can't differentiate between women unless they have like huge breasts, or is it that she's actually younger? Unclear. I think, I think she's actually younger, okay. and she's she's a short person, okay. small. Yeah. So, Doctor Nine Moons. That's uh, I guess made a, made an impression, and the fact that they stopped rolling in that very moment means that. Probably something, uh, like, something's been decided, essentially. Yeah, probably by the way he did this, you know, yeah. kicking down the door and, and being his usual uncouth self. Yeah. And Thailand threatens him one more time, you know, on our way out. Yes. So. Yeah, something about pink ribbons. And yeah, some humiliating sex act involving pink ribbons. Yeah. yeah. Which then apparently Matt makes a point of saying, and she just, she definitely did that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now, there's some stuff in here about how... Matt managed to get the upper hand with the dice on her when they were playing for forfeits, which I think means like favors. Yeah, I think you're right. And so, and then like, he made her do sex stuff for favors. Yeah. Uh, so I think the implication that Robert Jordan is going for is that he's secretly into it. Okay, I, I guess I guess that makes me feel better. If that's it, just doesn't seem that way from Matt's perspective. But Matt is not a reliable narrator, right? right? Yes. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll say that. Uh, Maybe Matt does actually like, so, like this. Yeah, what I think is it's another one of these perception things where I think externally Matt is acting like he likes it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So everyone thinks he's into it. Right. So it's not... And like, it's, it's only a disconnect between the way Matt presents himself and the way Matt sees himself that is causing this big problem, really. Okay. Uh, or something. Yeah, there, there was a, kind of an interesting note where Matt basically says that since his time with Tylen suddenly women are more into him or something. And I wonder if it's just that, like, 
she's having a positive effect on his mannerisms or something, you know? I thought it was... Well, just the way he's dressed. Maybe, yeah, because she dresses him in, like, tight butt pants. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe it's the butt thing. Uh, I was thinking it's because he's taken. Yeah, he's her hot piece. Oh. Yeah. So now women are into him because he's off the market? Right. He's, oh. like, not a threat. They can flirt with him. Oh. Okay, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Does everyone know? Like, everyone knows that he's taken? Everyone knows. Oh, yeah, he like, has not been dis- she has not been discreet. Yeah. Yeah, right? Like, all the servants, though, so that everybody in the city knows. They oh, probably okay. posted it in the marketplace, right? <laughs> if you see this dude, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's born in Thailand. <laughs> turn into a sex slave. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, and I don't like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. So, that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 18 through 22 of Winter's Heart. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. And if you have any questions for us, we might read them on the air. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The light illumine you.